Welcome to Six Degrees of Silvis, a podcast where we talk with artists, art collectors, advisors, museum directors, and curators to learn firsthand how the art world operates and how each participant uniquely addresses vital issues of our time. Here's the host of the show, John Silvis. Thank you, Evan, and welcome, everyone. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Joseph Awua Darko. I believe, Joseph, you're one of the youngest people in our series so far. And it's incredible to see uh, what kinds of uh, big visions you have for your life and also for the art world and this new residency that you created. You were born in London, uh, grew up between Accra, London, and Johannesburg. And this year, you launched the Nolder Artist Residency, which provides both a senior fellowship, a junior fellowship, and a four-week intensive residency program. And I love your vision for including uh, Africa and the larger region. And I think that uh, you'll have a really great impact on the art scene and and what is happening um, in terms of contributing to the global conversation. So you received an undergraduate degree from Ashai University. Um, You've worked as a art connoisseur. You started as a collector and um, have worked in London with the Sulgur Buell Gallery. I hope I'm saying that right. And you've also studied at the Sotheby's Institute of Art, where you were studying the dynamics of the art market. So you combine a unique uh, skill set in terms of being a great networker. You've been a maker yourself. And then you've also worked on the uh, business side of the art world. So welcome. And it's going to be great to talk more with you today. So it's great to uh, describe some of your accomplishments, Joseph, Uh, for someone who is uh, so young, you've uh, really invested everything you have in these different enterprises. Uh, One phrase we often use here in the art world is having skin in the game, and uh, you certainly have that. So welcome and thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Very happy and looking forward to interaction. So you're currently in Ghana and you live between Ghana and London, or Accra, I guess I should say more precisely. Yes. And and yeah, so it, it's wonderful to see the different circles of influence that you have, uh, both in London and uh, in your home country as well. Um, yeah, I'm curious to, uh, discover more about how this passion came about and yeah, what your kind of big dreams are for the future. Well, that's a very big question. I mean, I think contextually, let me just to start from one point, I would say that, um, I come from a 
deeply finance background. Um, so my dad is an actuary, which is a very brick and mortar insurance-like profession. And I sort of, um, being um, left-handed and right-brained, um, I have always had a genuine affinity for um, contemporary art. And I think my journey really started about five years ago. Um, I, I knew I had a genuine um, gravitation towards the contemporary art world, you know, I used to be the boarding school geek carrying huge Azaline and Tashin books on, you know, Leo Castelli and Larry Gagosian. And I had a, a genuine affinity for the sort of the art ecology. Mm. And so I started as an artist. Um, actually, I had my, um, I'm sort of like a creative multi-hyphenate, right? So I have had a solo exhibition, for example, um, in February of 2019 with the gallery 1957 here. Um, I worked for an eponymous gallery um, in London near the Tate Modern um, Sugarview Gallery for like just did some work experience there for a year. Um, and I started initially as a collector. Um, I, I sort of um, knew that I had, um, I did want to sort of organically and autobiographically support um, African contemporary artists. Um, I think my first piece, the first piece I ever got was a Gideon Appa. Um, and just sort of organically, um, intuitively began to form real friendships with the artists that I collected. Um, and yeah, I think I, as time went by, um, you know, being the enterprising, precocious 24-year-old I am now, I think I just decided to um, get more involved in the um, infrastructural and sort of business savvy elements of the contemporary art world, um, maybe two years later after I started collecting and became a dealer. Um, and then we find myself now um, sort of at the helm of a budding institution, which is the Nordal Artist Residency. And that's pretty much my my story um, in a gist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's really uh, cool to see how um, this kind of passion was ignited. And I mean, how do you how do you juggle those different roles that you're playing? Because um, I myself have kind of struggled with that, you know, being a very very small collector myself, but then curating, and I was in academia for a while. Um, how how do you find juggling those different roles? And and now, in addition to the business side, you've also added philanthropy in a way through the residency. Yeah, I think you know. I would say something though. I'm, I'm, I always tell my friends, I'm always very adamant about separating my love of art in of itself from the art market. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that I definitely separate in my mind. Um, and I think in a sense, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, being versatile in a way sometimes can be a blessing and a curse. And I'm, but, but I think that I'm sort of very cognizant of co compartmentalizing the different roles I play and the different hats I wear. Um, so you don't and, see any conflict of interest yet? Um, to be honest, I, I think things do overlap. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think that's always um, inevitable. Um, you know, the art, world, the art world is ridden with conflicts of interest, <laughs> infamously and famously. <laughs> but but I, think, I think I try my best to um, be as objective in, again, compartmentalizing my roles so that I fulfill them holistically. And so, for example, um, it, 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 like in the case of the residency, 
I have to be objective in how I select the artists, um, whether it be it for the fellowship program or for the annual residency program. Um, even though I might have my own um, um, affinities for certain artists, and I think because I have a team, um, you know, um, it, there is more, much more accountability, and 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 so it's a bit more democratic. Um, there's more of a democratic dispensation going on in that case, beyond my cognitive bias for a certain artist or a certain style. So that's that's an example of how I try and you know create create a system around myself whereby I am as objective, even though I wear many hats. Um, yeah, no, it's really important to have those other voices because we obviously all have things that we're naturally drawn to or, exactly. you know, uh, different artists who who might, um, you know, we might have more of a personal relationship with rather than just a, you know, strictly business relationship with. So it's it's always good. I mean, I, I often try to do the same to get feedback from others to make sure that, you know, I'm I'm tracking what's really important. Exactly, uh, almost like a yeah. yeah. I mean, to that point, I, I guess one one of the first things I'm I'm curious about when I discover a new residency like yours is I'm I'm always thinking, okay, well, you know, what are the criteria? What are what are the types of artists that they are looking for? Um, you know, so I'm I'm curious if we can talk a little bit about the profile of the artists you would like to see and and sort of. The reason behind what you're trying to do well that's a very good question i think um i'll be deeply transparent in saying that essentially i have been um this has been a labor of love that that literally i started nine weeks ago you know we got our certificate of incorporation from the government of ghana on the 19th of january 2021 wow. <laughs> so, so i mean <laughs> thank you very much um so I think um, keeping in perspective um, sort of how we went about selecting our pilot artist residents, I think for me, we, um, I was very particular about the sort of rubric I used. I wanted it to be an artist that was fairly technically trained. Um, um, that was the case with Taku, who had been studying um, or has studied in the Ganata Institute of Art and Design, just like um, similar to Amarco Bar for, for, um, for four years. Um, I knew that it had to be an artist um, who who is you know an African contemporary artist. We are opening it up to um, um, artists within the diaspora and on the continent. But I was also a bit um, for the pilot. I was uh, you know very keen on making sure that it was somebody who was homegrown, just to pay homage to the fact that this is something that we're starting um, to support the ecology locally before sort of branching out to other parts of the continent. And I think for me. I'm looking for an artist um, um, who has a sense of artistic in integrity and is doing something meaningfully authentic. Um, and I think that's sort of beyond the, you know, I wouldn't go through the long list um, um, yet, but I think that's sort of like the you know, gist of what we look out for. Um, um, and I think I've enjoyed um, just being able to um, ideate with the team on what that should look like as far as having um, a very empathetic criteria you know that is also like you know, quite meaningful so one of the statements in your mission page for the Noldor residency says to be a pillar within the African contemporary art ecology for emerging artists to grow and develop their practice can you un unpack that a little bit and describe how you envision that happening 
And I guess related to that, um, how many residents will be there at a given time? Um, I love these double barrel questions. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, um, to start with, I think, I think for me, when I came back from London on a repatriation flight and learned about how COVID, or as I call it colloquially, COVID Aloka had exacerbated situations mm -hmm. for artists here, yeah. I realized that within the, um, at least the sub-Saharan African region, especially, um, there was a lack of infrastructure, you know, to, to just really support um, emerging pra um, practitioners, you know? Mm. Um, and I, and I, you know, I think I was really adamant, or, you know, I really wanted to build something that was void of being hyper-commercial, you know, I have, friends who are gallerists um, and I really respect what it means to be one and what that involves. But I think for me, I wanted to focus on, on, on creating a hub um, that would support infrastructurally the next um, um, sort of uh, cohort of really important and interesting African contemporary um, 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 practitioners. And I think, um, that's what I sort of like about the residency as we've designed the program. It's a very womb-like nurturing process. Um, for example, it's an annual residency of four weeks, which happens once a year, one artist. And um, what happens is that, for, for example, I incorporated um, uh, in-house clinical psychologist to work with the artist uh, for a period of time while they're at the equestrian retreat, which is what, what the space they stay in um, in the final week of that um, term, um, because I, I think the, the nodal experience for me is a two-pronged approach, two-pronged approach, tongue twister, which is equally um, about personal growth as well as artistic growth. And I think that was something I really wanted to, to push through. Um, and, and that's something that I think is quite avant-garde as what a residency program would offer. Um, and I, th I think that's sort of been my objective um, I hope yeah, to my, to my knowledge, that that's a really unique aspect. Um, I, I don't think I've kind of encountered that approach before. Um, can curators sign up for that week away with the psychologist also, or <laughs> maybe you need like a an art advisor curator retreat? Um, about it, <laughs> several it's specialists. My... <laughs> it's definitely on our list, um, but no, well, I think. Yeah, sorry. You I mean, that. in terms of in terms of other um, residencies, I know that Kehinde Wiley uh, created a residency residency in Dakar, hmm. and I was wondering if you have any plans of of networking, or maybe you already are uh, networking with with him, and maybe with other residencies in Europe or Asia. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. A lot of residencies have reached out to me. Um, some in um, Spain, some in you know other parts of the world, um, uh, Lagos. I I think um, I think it's interesting to see what other people are doing, and I've really I, I you know I really ad like admired Kahinde's work for a long time and sort of his career, and I think it's really important to um, keep keep the discussion going on. Um, how residencies are becoming a real meaningful part of how you know emerging practitioners are nurtured, and so, so I think I think um, 
I'm really, really always open to seeing what other people are doing. And, you know, BlackRock is no exception. And I've just really been um, sort of excited by the um, energy and optimism around just giving back. And I think that's what Kahinde is doing in a very meaningful way. And I'm very, very proud to see it. Yeah. And so you're thinking that uh, the four-week time period is enough for someone to dive in, and and you'll you'll only be doing that once per year, right? So it's not an ongoing uh, project. Have you thought of maybe doing it two times a year, three times a year, or is there the thing, not the staff for that right now? Yeah, it's a very good question. The thing is, we have two programs: we have a fellowship program and a residency program. Um, um, the the fellowship program we have um, at each point in time in every year we'll have two junior fellows um, and the current ones there are a, male, um, a man and a, and a, and a woman um, Crystal Yara Anthony um, and then Joshua Hone Bataki um, the junior fellows will always only be artists within the Ghanaian locale um, emerging practitioners and then that's just to give them a space to um, you know f- to have the solitude for creative proliferation oh, and fantastic, yeah. Um, whereas um, the senior fellow um, will um, will be essentially a mid-career to established practitioner who wants to um, work in a new um, um, environment where they they sort of enhance and delve deeper into their craft. And mm-hmm. um, I think um, I'm very happy to say that um, Gideon Appa. Um, um, who was mentored to Taku during part of his residency is our first um, Nord or senior fellow. Um, and, and I think that's something that I'm really excited about seeing flourish. Like I do want to, there to be a, a sense of camaraderie amongst the artists and create that. And, um, and so that's, that, that's, that's not something that happens all year round. And then the, the residency is, is pretty much, um, you know, an annual intense four-week program that does involve a clinical psychologist, that does involve like equestrian retreat, that does involve sort of an intense one-on-one, and 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 so that's 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 sort of like separate, but all part of um, Nordal's um, um, sort of prerogative um, for, for the right. year. So there, so there is sort of a, a long-term component for someone as well as this intensive four-week. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Okay, that, that's helpful. I didn't. I didn't quite understand how the how the fellows worked, and I mean, I think you know these kind of residencies are extremely important, uh, particularly in an emerging artist career. And as a kind of master networker yourself, you you know how important these um, connections are and meetings with people. Um, I, the, the, the only trip, unfortunately, that I've been able to do to Africa, I was down in Johannesburg and I went to the Nyrox residency outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was it was just an amazing experience to walk into the studio and you're basically in the middle of a safari. I mean, there's animals running around and and um, but but at the same time, I thought, you know, the, the residency is is really a great opportunity for young artists to network and to, you know, build relationships beyond what their sort of natural circle would be. So I'm, I'm wondering if you do that intentionally, because it seems to me that that you've already done that in, in a short time. I, I saw some posts where you were giving uh, tours to people from the US, from the UK, from Europe. 
So it seems like that's an important part of your vision as well. Very true. I think um, what I've fought to create in, you know, present continuously is what I call the global community that we sort of have at Nodal and beginning to have, whereby we, in, in using that word um, global, it just simply means um, locally attuned but globally minded. And I think that's a very key component of sort of how we go about our modus operandi in engaging a series of, um, should I say, stakeholders who are all invested in, 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 in a way in our success and, and our growth. Um, and, and so be it curators, um, um, collectors um, in Paris or New York or Los Angeles who want to have virtual tours or, you know, for example, we're very blessed to be in this magical um, seafront district of Labadi, um, colloquially known as Labadi, but it is actually La. Um, spelled the same as LA, which is very confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but we have sort of um, uh, a very lovely artist seafront district here. It, it almost feels like pre-judgified New York. You know, you have the great friend of mine, Serge Atukwe Clote, who has a studio seven minutes from the residency space. You have oh, Professor, yeah, you have Professor Ablada Glover, who is literally like five minutes away at Artists Alliance. And so it just really does feel like a very special um, 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 pocket of Accra, which, which has, which even though it's quite recluse, it has uncanny proximity to the city as well. Um, so I think, I think that, that, that global engagement of just um, um, creating a very organic and budding community, uh, people who are in, you know, interested and passionate about what, 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 what we're trying to achieve, is amazing, and I think to top it all, to top it all, of having uh, um, Sir David Ajay as our advisory patron has also been, you know, very tremendous because he's been a friend and mentor of mine, um, you know, for for some time. And so I think um, that's sort of how it's sort of organically come come together, which is quite beautiful. Have you um, considered uh, bringing in sort of international uh, virtual studio visitors or or critiquers? Because one of the things that I discovered as a positive outgrowth from COVID uh, was that, um, you know, artists were really seeking more engagement because even locally there wasn't as much contact. And so they were inviting me to do, um, you know, virtual studio visits. And I, I really never enjoyed that previously, but I, but I, it, I did see the value in that in the end. Mm. Um, yeah. I did get to know some artists that I, I might not have otherwise Met yeah. just by my busy travels and running around. True, I think we're definitely adding that as part of our um, program outline. I've I've had so many accidental virtual tours given. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Happened to have so it's uh, happening you know, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you know, um, to a select few, but um, like maybe you had, like you have to have a, like a video call via Zoom in the art, and I'm in an artist studio, obviously, because I'm always using different parts of the space as, as an office at separate times. And then it's just like, oh, what's behind you? And then you end up going and going and going before you realize it's a tour. Um, so I think we're definitely going to sort of um, have that done. And you're right. I agree with you 100%. There needs to be much more critical conversation around the, um, the, the works that are being created and just to sort of, you know, contextualize things. I, I do think curators play a huge role in that. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to look to do more engagement around that moving forward. Um, that's great. And so um, how, how long are you going to uh, be in Accra now or when do you return to London? Because are, are you still working for the gallery? 
Um, so no, I, I, I at best, um, um, Christian Sugobil is a very good friend of mine, and, and I at best consult, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not with the gallery in a, in a formal capacity. Okay, um, that gives um, you a lot I'm of freedom. Sort of enjoy, enjoy my yeah, exactly. And I think that I think it's something that I definitely wanted to experience for myself, and I'm glad I did. And I'm very happy with the um, you know relationship I have with the galleries now. And I think I'm sort of easing into my role as 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 the director of the Northern Residency as the institution, and just looking forward to seeing that flourish. As far as traveling, my God, um, it's now become very complicated um, due to COVID. Obviously, as far as like pragmatically moving from one place to another. Like, for example, I was supposed to go to um, 154's um, ambitious pop-up with Christie's, uh, but I couldn't go because, you know, it, it was limited to a tourist visa. Um, and, 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 you know, like, like literally, I, I couldn't go for, for the purpose of quote-unquote yeah. tourism because yeah. of the pandemic. And so I think, I think, think travelling in general for now, I'm sort of waiting for us all to get vaccinated. And when traveling does become simpler, I will definitely um, 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 take a visit back to London as well. Uh, but I, I have always lived between, fun, um, fun fact, I've always lived, um, I was born in Middlesex, London, but I've always lived between London, Johannesburg and Accra. Um, so it's kind of like a, yeah, home is a very strange concept to me now. <laughs> the word, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 have, um, I have spent much time out of New York, although New York is my home, but I, I would yeah. consider uh, Berlin and Vienna second homes as well. And, yeah. um, even Los Angeles to some degree with uh, some of the wonderful people I know there. So, True. yeah, no, I think I, it's sort I, of I, part of what we do nowadays, right? Um, in terms of the bigger picture, um, do you see a lot of positive, positive and exciting development, sort of Africa-wide as, as a as a you know continent? I mean, it, to me, it seems like there is um, a huge growing art scene, and not only art scene, but also a um, audience that is really eager to see what's going on. Yeah, I I think you know. I think it's a very exciting time, dare I say, um, deeply exciting time to be, um, to have um, African contemporary art as part of the um, um, global slipstream of dialogue around the contemporary art world. And I think it's, I think, I think I've learned about so many aspects of the, you know, it's a very heterogeneous continent. You know, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes people don't realize that, you know, that, that the, East African, you know, um, region, you know, for example, Ethiopia ha has its own calendar, <laughs> you know, I mean, or the, the southern, the South African region is very different from that of the MENA regions, which is the Middle East and North Africa, um, you know, with my fantastic friend, Ozma Lazarek's um, Makal um, um, space, uh, you know, and again, very different from the West African region. But I think you're right. I think you do see um, a strong force of, just bubbling and and brewing um, excitement and and tangible growth and progress in the institutions that are being formed and the direction in which um, the conversation around um, art from the region is going and so I definitely do think that that's something that that you know there's definitely something in the ether that is is, is real you know mm -hmm. and tangible and it's quite, it's, it's quite special I'm sure very lucky.
be alive around this time. Yeah, I, I've been really enjoying spending more time uh, looking at works uh, from Ethiopia, uh, different artists I've met, uh, certainly from Ghana seems to be really a, a, a rich uh, culture at the moment. And, uh, you know, from being in South Africa, of course, in, in Joburg, there, there's just an incredible art community there that I was welcomed into and was completely overwhelmed and surprised by, you know, the, the sheer number of artists and, and people I met. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just incredible. Um, really, really uh, fantastic work. So, um, yeah, any themes that you would say at the moment that, that are standing out to you that, that you're observing and uh, particularly the younger generation that are, you know, popping up in, in the works and maybe even at the academies in Accra? Do you see any, like, particular themes? I would definitely say, um, for me, I'm noticing a lot of reclaimants um, as far as narrative. Um, a lot of artists wanting to, you know, take a much more possessive um, and central point in how they're portrayed or how blackness is portrayed. Um, I'm definitely seeing a lot of um, nostalgic joy, um, you know, be it with artists like Cornelius who had an amazing, who currently has an amazing solo exhibition at the gallery 1957, be it like um, sort of, Taku, who wants to sort of turn on, um, you know, who was deeply inspired by John O'Confra's idea of temples of whiteness and mm -hmm. wanted to create um, twist on that in, in, in a temple of blackness. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think these are really arguably simple, but poignant themes that um, really um, emanate from a real place of wanting to be written into um, um, sort of the mainstream aspect of, of, of history in, in, its, in its totality. It's kind of interesting that this is like we're in Black History Month, but I think, mm -hmm. I think that we do see that, you know, you know there is definitely a real desire to, um, um, for um, people of color, Africans, Black people to sort of see themselves in the work that is celebrated by them. And I definitely think that's something that um, and is being embraced largely in all its forms, be it figurative, abstract, sculpture, um, you know, tapestry, all forms, I think, you know. Um, I think and it's quite special, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I, I can't wait to uh, see how the residency evolves. Um, on my uh, webpage, uh, we're going to have a a special segment for Six Degrees of Silvis. And we're going to list uh, resources um, about the residency and some of the artists that are currently involved. And I'm hoping that will encourage our listeners to explore the art scene in Ghana a bit and also um, maybe even someday visit your residency. I certainly hope to. Yes, definitely. Post, post Kavida Loka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's great to talk to you, Joseph, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll be in touch soon. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and um, be well. Thanks for checking out Six Degrees of Silvis. 
I'm the editor of the show, Evan Halter. If you'd like to learn more about John or the guests we have on the podcast, please visit johnsildis.com. Thanks for listening.